Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. Um, just to start, that's how you do find us on podcast apps and stuff. We are on the AI podcast channel. Uh, we do. I think we have a pinned tweet on our Twitter. If you've been looking for us on the on certain uh, podcast apps and stuff like that. But anyway, we'll get into the show. And joining me as usual is Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, guy. How about yourself? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, after speaking with you and David, your cousin, like out the Liverpool game the other day, it's been uphill since then. <laughs> it could have got worse after that game. I've found I've it somewhat therapeutic. and I mean, I, I think you strategically kept him largely talking about Everton in general, so he couldn't focus too much on the match. So I appreciated that. Yeah, we we didn't need to talk about us. We didn't need to do that. It was fine. But we're not here to talk about Liverpool. We're here to talk about games as usual. And as always, we do start with the news. Um, so yeah, what what's been in the news? I mean, it's been a while since we've uh, actually done a show, Carl. But there's not been anything too huge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, it was a fairly quiet period, but we have added a bit of news in the, the past week. So as always, we'll, we'll cover the, the, the last week of news uh, first up and, and maybe the biggest item of them all, depending on your preferences. I know it's pretty big for, for ourselves. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield set in England inspired region due this year and this year rather. Uh, this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. And Tom writes, Pokemon's eighth generation has been revealed. Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield will launch on Nintendo Switch in late 2019 and be set within a fictional version of England named Galar. In today's all-too-brief presentation, the Pokemon company gave us our first glimpse at the games and some of their Pokemon. Starters include a Fire Rabbit Score Bunny, a water tadpole lizard Sobel, capable of invisibility, and a grass-type monkey Grookey. Notably, the trailer shows your character wandering through wild grass and entering a random encounter with a Pikachu, which you then begin battling. This is a return to the series' original gameplay rather than that of last year's Let's Go. 
previous entries in the series have taken us to the Pokemon version of Hawaii, Sun and Moon's Alola, Paris, X and Y's Kalos, and New York, Black and White's Unova, among others. And you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. So, Guy, did you see the reveal for Pokemon Sword and Shield? Yeah, I didn't I didn't realise it was coming out until um uh, someone put it in our group, I can't remember who it was. It was probably Ollie because it was Pokemon. Um, Good guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I I didn't know it was um getting unveiled that day, but yeah, I, I, I sure as hell watched it. Um I mean it's just it's just great news. I mean, I got a Nintendo Switch to play Pokemon Let's Go. Um and now we're getting what I'd call a proper Pokemon game, and that's not saying I didn't enjoy Let's Go, but it's it's not the uh, full big boy version of the game that you want, and I, I don't, we don't know what the um, differences are between Sword and Shield just yet, but um, yeah, I, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it, and the fact that, I mean, it's been speculated since the Nintendo Switch had such a brilliant game um, with... Um, Zelda Breath of the Wild, we've been speculating that Pokemon, a duo version of that, it probably won't be as in-depth as that, but it, it looks like it's finally that next-gen full Pokemon experience that we've been looking for. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, shortly into the reveal, I, I just thought, like, this is this is what we've been expecting for a while. I don't think it's going to be completely, as you said, that, that full evolution to an open-world and a th- proper 3D Pokemon game, but like it definitely seems a little more open. I mean, even something I noticed as small as like levels, it seemed like you know the the cities and the towns seem to have depth to them rather than that kind of classic just flash Pokemon land, you mm. know. Um, so I, I think we're deaf. It's definitely if it's not quite you know the Pokemon Breath of the Wild, it's definitely a massive step in that direction. And, you know, I certainly, like, I liked everything I, I seen. I mean, though I have to say the starters, I mean, they, they kind of the naming, it's as if, like, you showed your granny pictures of the Pokemon and asked <laughs> her to guess what their names are. I mean, like, Score Bunny and Grookey. I mean, like, Grass Monkey. I get it, but, you know, it's 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 weird. It's they're, a bit they're certainly. Gimpy. It's a bit grumpy. Yeah, there, there's we're certainly running out of names. I'd imagine. I mean, like how many Pokemon do we have at this point? Like I don't even know what it. Um, oh Google God. there. That's, a, uh, that's how, a Google that one. I only. Yeah. I, barely, I barely remember the Kanto ones. <laughs> how many Pokemon are there? Let's have a look. There are eight hundred and seven, and that wouldn't even include the new Pokemon. So we're probably going to be going close to nine hundred at this point. Probably more. So yeah, maybe even a bit more than nine hundred. So I mean that that says it all. Um, but you know the names aside, I like it and and I like like I think it graphically looks good and I'm glad it's back to the to the regular battling system because I mean I I got Let's Go but I never never got around to playing mm-hmm. it. I might actually now because I got an interest in playing it after the reveal last week. But I know like a friend of mine who's addicted to his Switch and loves Pokemon games he looked into let's go and he decided to pass and he said he just waits for the inevitable new game to be revealed. He's really excited at the, the, the launch and another one of my friends who's been kind of stalling on getting a switch. He was very intrigued by the launch and I, I think he's kind of now leaning towards picking one up. So uh, I think like that 
the reveal really went down well. And um, I'm excited to see more. I'm sure inevitably in the summer, they'll probably reveal kind of more information on the games and probably get uh, kind of some another direct likely with with some some more extensive gameplay probably with commentary so i'll be in, intrigued to kind of see what that brings because it, it definitely looks like they're they're bringing some some new things to the table yeah yeah absolutely um so i mean i suppose the big question is which start are you gonna go for Probably Sobel because I always pick water Pokemon, which is strange because my mm. favorite color is red and you think I would, and I always buy the red version. So I'll probably buy sword. I had like ruby, fire, etc. like uh, red, sorry. Like I've, I've had always the red colored one. Um, but with this one, I, I think, um, you know, despite that, I always pick water Pokemon. It's just a strange thing. I think it was largely because of Squirtle and Totodile. Yeah. So I'll probably be going with, yeah. uh, Sobel, what what about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm kind of the same as well. It's weird. I used to pick Bulbasaur as a kid, and then I grew up, and then Squirtle sounded funny, so I went back. I ended up with Squirtle. Uh, definitely it's on, cr- yeah, definitely on the it, Totodile terrain though. Uh, sorry, what it, gonna say? It's because it's because it, it, it's you're you're secretly such a big fan of Martin Squirtle. I mean, it oh, all makes God. sense now. Oh God, no, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, but on this one, my mate sent me a meme that Grookey kind of looks like Cell from Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z that is, uh, and if you've not watched that, I'm going to just baffle you here, but if, if I'll send it to the people in, in our WhatsApp group and you'll understand it, it's, it's, if that's his final evolution, I, I'm, I'm all for the Grookey. Um, so yeah, I'll be getting the, uh, Grass Monkey, which is, uh, sounds stupid but anyway that's what pokemon <laughs> does to 20 something year olds <laughs> that's it oh dear oh dear but yeah that's pretty much all we've got on the pokemon um news really because i mean they didn't re- reveal that much um well, are you proud as an englishman that you're finally got a pokemon game based in in your country um no <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just it's something I'd never went. I never grew up to think of that we needed Pokemon representation as someone from England. But I mean, if they have my town in there, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> if there's a town called Mask by the Sea in um, in Pokemon, I, that'll do me. I'll become the gym leader. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what we've got on the Pokemon front. But we do have more news stories. Uh, so what else have we got, Carl? Yeah, so a uh, second story here. Apex Legends tops 50 million players in first month. And this comes from Polygon and was written by Allegra Frank. And Allegra writes, Apex Legends has passed another milestone in its meteoric first month. Respawn Entertainment announced on Twitter that the game has reached 50 million players. A huge feat considering the free-to-play Battle Royale game launched just four weeks ago. Since its surprise launch in February, Apex Legends has grown at a massive rate. Within its first eight hours, the game had one million players. By the end of its first day, 2.5 million people had jumped in. The popular comparison to make is that Apex Legends is growing at a much quicker clip than its closest competitor, Fortnite Battle Royale. It took Fortnite's free Battle Royale mode several months to hit the 45 million player mark. But there are numerous factors to take into consideration before ogling ga- graphs that suggest Apex is the new Battle Royale champion. Fortnite first launched with its Save the World mode in July 2017. 
campaign, a paid campaign that never inspired the same fervor as its free component. Fortnite Battle Royale arrived two months later in September 2017, and since spring 2018, Fortnite has only continued to gain players, popularity, and cultural relevance. By June 2018, the game had 125 million players. Since then, more than 200 million people have checked out Fortnite. It's also important to recognize that Fortnite still reigns supreme when it comes to availability, with its mobile presence especially significant. Apex Legends is only available on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One, and that the game recently hit a new concurrent player record with 7.6 million players online two weeks ago without any particular reason or event to encourage the wave. And don't forget about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which kickstarted the Battle Royale hype in its early access PC release. Last June, developer PUBG Corp said that not only had the game sold more than 50 million copies, there are paid versions on PC and Xbox One, but PUBG is free to play on mobile. But it also had more than 400 million players. All that aside, yes, Apex Legends is huge, but let's not say that Fortnite is down for the count anytime soon as a result of its success. Instead, take this number as indication that the Battle Royale phenomenon rages on. And you can read the full story over in Polygon. So, yeah, if if we needed more, we, we have more Battle Royale and it's still popular. And, you know, I'm... I'm Kind of think it's it's almost like non-news because it's so obvious that like a, a battle royale game from a big publisher would be doing so well. Um, but you know it's it's interesting that you know Fortnite has some new competition. Um, have you played any of Apex Legends yourself, guy? Um, I have. Yeah, it's um, I can see the appeal. I I can I really see the appeal. I mean, it's. It's so much diff- more different than Fortnite and PUBG, especially because well, PUBG PUBG is like the small kid in a fight, isn't he? <laughs> he's just uh, he's kind of just stuck in the middle, not doing much. But um, yeah, um, I I re- if I was to play a battle royale mode and I was the Persever- Persevere one, it'd probably be Apex Legends. I I quite like um EA Titanfall um shooting style. But I tried it, or me and my mates tried it. One of them despised it, and only give it a couple of goes. Um, I give it a few days. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it took took over. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it. If I'm if I'm honest, but it just made me want to play Titanfall, and that's the issue with that. And it it kind of felt like Titanfall. Um, with the uh, try with the um, learner wheels on a bike, it just it kind of felt like I was limited in what I was doing. Whereas I'm such a big fan of Titanfall, I'd rather go play that than play Apex. But I can really see I can really see the appeal of it and the fact that EA have got on the battle royale um, um, bandwagon and created a pretty f- well just a, a crowd pleasing game. It, it, and the fact that it's got um, characters and squads. Uh, t- the three person squads a bit random but the fact that it's got different characters and different abilities it makes it that much different from fortnite it doesn't really um cancel each other out because they're just 
they're kind of the same, but they're very different in small ways, and it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, I'm not surprised EA have made the free game. That's pretty much just printing money for them at the minute. But, um, yeah, yeah, I can I can see why it's had such quick success. But without the success of Fortnite, none of these games would have this success instantly. And I think that's why um, the last point on that article is so important about um, Fortnite getting released as um, Save the World at first, and that was due to the slow start. But without Fortnite being the machine it is, uh, Apex probably wouldn't have had the uh, the same success in such a short time. Yeah, no, I definitely echo that, that. That Fortnite has paved the way for for all these battle royale games uh, to, to to kind of go and do gangbusters as they seem to be doing. I mean, um, I, I played a bit of Apex Legends myself. And I think there's definitely kind of a, a niche for it that, like, I, I like, because for every battle royale game that's coming out and doing brilliantly, not every battle royale game is doing brilliantly. Um, and for that reason, I think you can't afford to just come out and try and be Fortnite. You have to be different enough. And I think Apex Legends kind of achieves that because it, it it's a shooter it's a first person shooter rather than kind of a third person mm. shooter like like Fortnite. um but it's also so that comes with its own you know it, it can be a bit tighter and it is very much a, a tight fps and you know the, that that's a certainly a positive for it but i think also like apex legends it's it's a little more mature than Fortnite. I think it could kind of target a, an older audience. Similar, I suppose, to how uh, Blackout, you know, with, yeah, with yeah. Black Ops 4 has done. But let's not forget, Blackout, you, you pay 60 quid for the price of entrance plus whatever you have to pay on map packs. Whereas this, you can just come in and play it for free if you like, unless you want to get some nice armor for your character or whatever. Um, So I think there's definitely a niche for the game. And I think like, you know, I didn't really play Titanfall, so I can't compare. But obviously, I, I played some of the Call of Duty games that the the heads of Respawn worked on back in the day. So, I, I think you can definitely see that pedigree there. It is a it is a solid first person shooter, just in a battle royale sense. And uh, I think it's it's uh, I think it definitely I'd expect it to have some legs. Like I, I don't think this is a game that's just going to fade away over the mm. the next six months. I, th- I think people could still be playing this in a couple of years one thing you, you mentioned actually which would be the, the one negative i'd have of it is the three person squads i think it's quite limiting because the day i played it we actually had a fourth friend come online and we couldn't all play together we had to split into two duos basically and then get randoms in and i think in a game like that randoms can be a bit flaky they'll rage quit they'll kind of they won't follow the team and yeah. I, I like how apex legends is a bit more tactical than some of the others you know you can point out targets point out enemies it's it's really cool that way but then having a random can sometimes de- defeat the purpose of that um so i would like them maybe to at least introduce a game mode where you have squads of four you know, I don't think that would be a massive step up. So I'd, I'd like to see something like that. But uh, I mean, that aside, I, I, I think it is a very solid shooter and I, I expect it to, to do quite well, as it has been, obviously, um, based on this 50 million players in one month. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. And I mean, the, the EA will obviously put in a battle pass thingy or a season pass or whatever. That's, that's more money for EA. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's not one I'd, um, rule out not going back to. I'd probably give it another bash um, in the future, but 
and if just on the topics of battle royales, I'm quite looking forward to the um, battlefield one with all the uh, <clears throat> um, building destruction and stuff like that. I'm quite interested to see how that goes. I think that comes out later this month if i remember correctly but it's not confirmed yet but yeah um yeah might have another battle royale that we can talk about on the and one of the next shows coming up um but yeah that, that'll do on apex legends that may that may be a, com a contender to replace our fortnight news every show <laughs> but um yeah what other news have we got carl yeah, so number three activision blizzard tells investors recent redundancies quote, could negatively impact its business, and this end quote. And that comes from Vicky Blake over at Eurogamer, and Vicky writes, following rumors, then confirmation that Activision Blizzard had cut 8% of its global wor workforce in spite of record revenue, the company's annual Form 10K report published on 28th of February acknowledges to its investors that the consequences of these layoffs quote, could negatively impact its business, end quote. The statement also says that the, quote, actual savings, end quote, from the layoffs, quote, may vary materially based on factors such as local labor regulations, negotiations with third parties, and operational requirements, end quote. Admitting, quote, Estimates and assumptions are also subject to significant economic, competitive, and other uncertainties, some of which are beyond our control, end quote, and that making 800 people redundant offers, quote, no assurance that our business will be more efficient or effective than prior to implementation of the plan or that additional restructuring plans will not be required or implemented in the future, end quote. Quote, in February 2019, we announced a restructuring plan under which we plan to refocus our resources on our largest opportunities and to remove unnecessary levels of complexity and duplication from certain parts of our business, end quote, Activision Blizzard said via the 306-page statement. Quote, while we believe this restructuring plan will enable us to provide better opportunities for talent and greater expertise and scale on behalf of our business units, our ability to achieve the desired and anticipated benefits from the restructuring plan within our desired and expected time frame is subject to many estimates and assumptions. And the actual savings and timing for those savings may vary materially based on factors such as local labor regulations, negotiations with third parties and operational requirements. These estimates and assumptions are also subject to significant economic, competitive and other uncertainties, some of which are beyond our control. Further, there can be no assurance that our business will be more effective or if more efficient or effective than prior to implementation of the plan or that additional restructuring plans will not be required or implemented in the future. The implementation of this restructuring plan may also be costly and disruptive to our business or have other negative consequences such as attrition beyond our planned reduction in workforce or negative impacts on employee morale and productivity or on our ability to attract and retain highly skilled employees. Any of these consequences could negatively impact our business, end quote. Activision Blizzard also confirmed it had set aside $150 million to compensate former employees affected by the layoffs. And you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. Yeah, so the, the original story on that was something obviously we, we missed in the, the weeks we, we weren't doing the podcast that, that obviously Activision Blizzard decided to let go 8% of its, its global work 
force and obviously there was a lot of backlash onto that because it was all about being able to 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 maintain growth and that kind of thing um but i mean th- this seems like such a weird statement to me i mean to, to me what it it sniffs of is that they're almost reacting to their to the backlash in this statement to their investors as if to say oh no you know it, it's not just selfish business this could actually backfire on us it's it's like it's almost like they're saying letting people go is a risk or something to try and take away from the fact that they let eight percent of their global workforce you know left them out of a job it, it just seems real strange reaction for them to have i mean obviously i'm not in economics i don't know maybe there are some risks attached to it but i mean to me it just seems like almost like a excuse for them to have a reaction to the backlash i mean what do you think i yeah it's um well they've made the bed they've got a lie in it i suppose that's i mean similar to you i'm not into i'm not an economist words i'm not into economics and stuff like that of it all um but yeah it's um it's just a weird one just to come out with statements like that obviously uh, i i heard the news of the uh, jobs getting lost and, and and stuff like that but th- this is just downright downright weird after what they've done um uh, i mean obviously the backlash was quite huge um and i mean what what can they really say to try and come off as not dickheads pretty much i mean i i just don't get what they're doing there um and just trying to make it oh poor us this may backfire it's like but, but no mate you've you've kind of got people out of the jobs here um whilst yous aren't really going to suffer that much one of the what is it one of the biggest gaming companies in the world um yeah i'm sure they'll be fine <laughs> it just just seems really it just seems really weird that one yeah it's, it's, i mean that's how it came across to me i mean I, I don't really see um activision feeling it much I mean, certainly on a smaller scale, you know, some some staff that are still there might be considering their future and similarly prospective staff in the future could could kind of think twice. But I mean, that aside, I, I, I don't really see much. I'm sure like short term, there'll be a bit of loss, obviously, because they have to c- compensate people and that kind of thing. But I mean, long term, obviously, they've, they've done this for a reason and, and that's to, to kind of consolidate their profits, basically, as as most companies do. Um, but I, I just thought it was it was quite a strange one. Um, but moving on, uh, nonetheless, to our, our final story of, of the news segment, um, which will likely lead somewhat nicely into to our topic of the show. Um, Uncharted director talks about why her Star Wars game fell apart, and this comes from Eddie McCook over at GameSpot. And Eddie writes... Uncharted director Amy Hennig was hired by EA to work on a new Star Wars game at Dead Space Studio Visceral. It was an exciting proposition, but it wasn't meant to be. Visceral was closed and Hennig moved on. Now Hennig is speaking about the matter. Asked to reflect on her time at EA and working on Star Wars, Hennig told VentureBeat that the game faced a number of challenges. Starting off, Visceral as a developer was, quote, very expensive, end quote, to to run in part of because it was in the middle of the San Francisco Bay Area. Quote, it's very hard to support compared to studios that cost a third of the price in places where there are tax credits. That's a hard sell. That was a constant drumbeat feeling like you had to justify the existence of a visceral, end quote, she said. 
Visceral Star Wars title was to be a third-person, quote, cinematic traversal action game, end quote. Hennig said, and this led to the next problem. Making that type of game using an engine built for FPS games, EA's Frostbite engine, was a, quote, a hurdle, end quote, she said. Quote, but we knew going in that was the goal. We were going to put this functionality into Frostbite. A lot of the team was hired to do Battlefield, and so that was a bit of a cultural shift to make this different kind of game, end quote, she said. Quote, normally you cash for the project you're making rather than trying to, it's hard to convert people you have if that's not their type of game, end quote. The game was, quote, very far, end quote, into development, Hennig said. Another challenge that came up was the game's shift in direction. Responding to market trends and player feedback, EA decided to, quote, pivot, end quote, the design to make it a title that players could, quote, come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, end quote, which suggested it was becoming more multiplayer focused. Hennig, who has extensive expertise with single player games like Uncharted, acknowledged that the game was trying to include, quote, other modes and extensibility, end quote, to make the title more than a purely linear game, but it never worked out. Quote, I think that where EA is at right now, they're looking more at games as a service, the live service model, more open world stuff, trying to crack that nut versus this more finite crafted experience, end quote, she explained. We were trying to make sure that we built in order, built in other modes and extensibility and all that stuff. But the fundamental spine of the thing was more like Uncharted than one of these open world live service games. That's a big gap to cross. Quote, I don't know how you get from here to there and then to try to push something that may not quite fit into the portfolio as it is today and try to do it as this really expensive studio. It was a bit of an uphill battle. All of that stuff is publicly known, end quote. Hennig admitted that she understands EA's decision to go a different way. Quote, it was something we were struggling with the whole time. Does this make sense? Is this something EA really wants to do? I certainly regret the fact that there's a lot of good game there that I would love to see the light of day. A lot of people would. One never knows what might happen, end quote, she said. The Visceral Star Wars game was reportedly rebooted with EA Vancouver put to work on the title. EA Vancouver supposedly used some of the assets from Visceral's game, but transitioned the title to become an open world experience. This game was cancelled in January. Also in the Venture Beat story, Hennig talked about how a game like the first Uncharted might not be made today. When multiplayer and online connectivity are so prevalent, quote, I don't think a game like the first Uncharted, even though it was the foundational footprint for that series, would be viable pitch today. The idea of a finite eight-ish hour experience that has no second modes, no online, the only replayability was the fact that you could unlock cheats and stuff like that, no multiplayer, nothing. That doesn't fly anymore. Now you have to have a lot of hours of gameplay. Eight would never cut it. Usually some sort of online mode. And of course you see where things are pushing towards live services and battle royale and games as a service, end quote. Incorporating these online elements, quote, play less nicely with story, end quote, Hennig said. Quote, they're less conductive to traditional storytelling that has a shape and an arc and a destination and end. A game that is a live service that continues does not, end quote. And you can read the full story over in GameSpot. And of course, the full interview is available on VentureBeat. So, I mean, 
I remember that the last podcast we actually did, we talked about how EA Vancouver's reboot of the Star Wars game was cancelled, and, and we kind of discussed that at length. I mean, is is Amy Hennig really saying anything here that, that we don't kind of, isn't already clear about the, the kind of path the industry has taken at the moment, do you think I... Um, no, there's not really anything new there that that we um, well we couldn't have even just guessed was the case. I mean, we we know what EA is. We covered it so extensively, as you said on the last podcast, pretty much calling EA what they are um, to be polite. Um, and what they're doing with the Star Wars license continues to be um, disappointing. And um, I think they recently announced um, respawns. Um, Star Wars game is going to get unveiled like the end of April or middle of April, so the time will tell with that one. But in terms of what um just been said there, it's um it's it's just really disappointing because I'm sh- I'm sure you remember seeing the footage of the visceral um Star Wars game and it looked really interesting, and um the comparisons with Uncharted. I'm not a bit. I'm not. I've only played Uncharted four. I mean, I did well known. I'm an Xbox gamer and stuff like that. But I did give Uncharted four a go. It wasn't really my cup of tea. But if you put a Star Wars setting in there, I mean, it instantly puts up the interest um tenfold for me. Um. So yeah, I was really looking forward to that. And Visceral um also made Dead Space, didn't they? Yes. Um, yeah. And I. I'm a bit of a bitch. Um, this is well known. I didn't play the first two. I played number three, and that's apparently the least scary, and that still shit me up. Um, so it, yeah, the fact that th- th- this kind of led to the downfall of um, a visceral. Uh, it's a fair point that it's in San Francisco. Um, obviously, it's a hotbed of gaming and stuff like that. So fair enough. But um, yeah, it's just it's just really disappointing, and the fact that you've got such a talented person there. I mean, she's obviously trying to be somewhat um, polite and not burning bridges there, but to, to kind of be hamstrung so early on with what could have been a great game and then told to change it up to become a modern. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What's the word? I'm like formulaic game. I mean, 
these games nowadays, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a second. It, as you said, it does lead on quite well, but there's so many games that you just kind of, it's cookie-cutter version of games. I mean, Ubisoft, Far Cry, cookie-cutter. I mean, not really an original idea there. Um, it, COD, COD's regurgitated every year. Um, and... Um, yeah, EA. Well, EA Sports is just regurgitating shit every year. But um, even even on some of the other games, I mean, what when was the last good standout EA game? Dragon Age, Titan? No, Titan. Probably Titanfall for me. But Dragon Age in terms of a single player experience. Does FIFA count? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, probably Dragon Age. Yeah. I mean, um, Mass Effect Andromeda was a bit of a slump and. Mm. I mean, outside Bioware, they don't really do many single-player yeah. games anymore. Um, I mean, I enjoy the single-player and the even, Battlefield games. Even Bioware's moved away from it now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I'm sure we'll we'll be discussing that soon. But I mean, it it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, it is as 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 Amy Hennig says there. Like it's you know, obviously there are still traditional multiplayer games like like FIFA and things that have been long-standing. Um, but I mean, outside that, really, it's it's either sequels to kind of ongoing series, and even then, a lot of those are are feeling they have to to go towards certain mm. trends to stay relevant. And then outside that, it's it's largely it feels like all we're talking about these days is you know kind of games as a service, battle royale, and you know kind of these massive open world single player games, often which come with kind of dlc i mean and some of them are fantastic obviously we've waxed lyrical about you know uh, things like um well god of war yeah but i mean uh, the the witcher like i think even bigger and obviously Mm. something that had dlc and you know we were perfectly fine with with that game and paying for the dlc and and everything but i mean it's it's rare you get like look god of war is an example that like god of war is is big but it's not massive. Like it's it's kind of a forty-hour-ish experience. Probably a lot bigger than the older God of War games, or and definitely a lot more open. But I mean, God of War never brought out DLC, and so and that's something I can respect because I think it's a great experience that stands on its own. But I mean, with with everything else, I mean, God of War is quite on the small side for those open world games. With everything else, you know, Spider Man and Red Dead, and you know, they're a lot bigger and. You know, with the case of Spider-Man, you know, you had a DLC pack plan and then with Red Dead, you have an online mode, you know, to, to keep it going. So, I mean, even these games, they're, they're all following these trends and there's very few of things that, that God of War that, that somewhat kind of step away from that path. You know, so, it, I mean, it's it just, it feels like there's no real originality in, you know, the AAA space anymore. I mean... Certainly indie games, just there's a lot of originality mm. there and I find myself more and more these days playing indie games because that's where, you know, you can have a, a nod back to some classic games, you know, you loved when you were younger or, you know, people will try new things and I mean, the, and I suppose someone might say, what are you complaining about? You, you've got your indie games for your originality, you've got your, your AAA games for, for what you expect, but, you know, I would just like more companies to kind of take a risk and try and do like a even a god of war that it somewhat goes towards those trends but, but with the open worldness but not quite 
you know, that I'd like to see more more companies do that, but unfortunately, I'm I'm not sure we're going to see that. I mean, I, I think games like God of War will be few and far between. Hopefully, we get a sequel to God of War, but again, that's more of the same problem. We're <laughs> just more sequels. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just think we're we're not, we're not going to move away from this at this point. It is what it is. This is what the game industry is has become. That's where the money is is in live services and, and battle royale and we're just going to have to get used to it put up and shut up as they say yeah i think we are unfortunately and i mean as long as people are buying into it i mean i, I, I i'm not criticizing people here I'm a, I, I do it myself i buy um, all these sequels and regurgitated stuff like you know, I, well i haven't bought the last couple of fifas but i've had access to them by um, game swapping um and stuff like that um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, we've made, we've been talking about RDR and God of War and them becoming, um, less of the norm and, and stuff like that. But that's why those games are so special. I mean, we both, um, like games like Destiny, don't we? I mean, Destiny 1, probably more so than 2. Um, yeah. and I, Destiny is a great game. I'm just using Destiny as an example. It'll be, it'll, it'll, again, this will segue into the next bit quite well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Destiny was a great game, a, a very good game. It, it turned into a, a very good game, but I mean, the vanilla version was fairly shit. Um, um, but yeah, the, you don't get the same special feeling you get playing a multiplayer game. I mean, maybe, maybe this is just me personally, but sometimes, I mean, Instead of looking at Destiny, I'd probably think of the early, the, the early this generation of Call of Duties for for multiplayer memories rather than rather than Destiny. But in these in these recent years, I mean, if I'm thinking of special games that like really latch onto me, I'm I'm thinking of games like The Witcher that you mentioned. God of War last year was fucking phenomenal. Um, RDR two has. A, 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 such a unique story that I won't forget. Whereas these games of services, battle royale, battle royale, you there's no, you're never going to create a, such a memorable moment on a battle royale game, and that that's 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 um, disappointing if anything. And um, these games with a service, I mean, I enjoyed Destiny. I'm enjoying and from which we'll get onto, but. I mean, you just you're doing the same thing over and over again. You need you need a spark of individuality individuality and that's i think that's why we 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 love companies like um cd project red um rockstar used to like bioware because they used to be the kings of it um santa monica um well pretty pretty much all of playstation's company um companies and then it'd be interesting to see what xbox can do in the future because well it's been it's been a while but we need the two big players who can break this trend are seemingly the Microsoft Now Studios and Sony Studios because Sony, what they're on the multiplayer game they've released. I know Uncharted eventually got multiplayer and stuff, but other than Killzone, what is the? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's an only multiplayer game. Xbox obviously has Halo and etc., but Halo's kind of fifty fifty where people remember the story and so forth. And Gears of War is probably the same, but we need these two the two big companies in gaming to kind of book this trend because if if gaming is just turning into battle royales and games for service it's kind of it's going to become like a, a lifeless thing and i don't really want 
I don't really want that to happen. I, I mean, I, I, I love single player games too much for that shit to happen. Like, if, if I, if I have to go back and play Mass Effect two and three rather than playing, well, it's kind of contradictory what I'm about to say. But if I, if I have to go play Mass Effect two and three rather than play Anthem two, so be it. So be it. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have that experience from Bioware than Anthem. But anyway, um. That's my say on it, but have you got anything to add, Carl, before we go on to the uh, topic of the show? No, but I, I think that's certainly a good segue into the, the topic of the show because, you know, the, the topic we're going we're gonna to talk about, kind of the, the recent releases and kind of the, the month of February, which, you know, a lot of people point to it to has been a big month for, for gaming in, in 2019 because it was, you know, uncharacteristically, you know, a large amount of releases in in February and, and less so kind of late January, um, and and we even in our own preview show preview show were were quite intrigued by the, this month, but you know I, I I don't think it's quite lived up to to what would be what we would have expected, and I, I gather I'm not the only one who kind of has that opinion. So I thought kind of we we discuss the, these games that have have come in and and maybe come out and maybe the reason why they they haven't quite done as well critically or financially as as people would have expected yeah 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 um so i mean there's only one place to start really and that that is with the big boy of of this month and one i i imagine i'll be defending even though i've just kind of slagged it off a smidge but anthem um i think you played the beta and you didn't enjoy it too much um but obviously, it's it's came out to a lot of shit. It's came out with criticism of the game itself being unfinished. Well, what was apparently a six year development cycle? I seriously have doubts it it lasted that whole six years without getting restarted. Um, and yeah, it came out to average at best reviews, and um. Yeah, and, and again, another boatload of criticism at EA of um of of pretty much limiting what a, what a company can do, but um I'll I'll give I'll give my two cents on what Anthem is, and then you can you can respond to the um to the wider picture here, um, Carl. But I I've got Anthem. I I I've pretty I've finished the main story. I I got the ten hour trial on the EA access, um, so I was playing that early, and then I finally finished the story. Um, I can see where the criticisms come from. Um, and I can understand why people are still pissed off at a year. I, I really do. <clears throat> I think the the horrendous reviews it's been getting it's a it's a bit over the top. Um, but it is it is a rather not disappointing because I'm really having fun. What the way I describe it is, it's a really fun game, but it's a bit empty. And I'm I'm gonna make a a quick um comparison here to what we'll be talking about in a sec, but. I played the Division 2 beta, which is out next week. Uh, the actual game's out next week, but the beta was already happening. And I I've enjoy, I enjoyed Anthem more. Um, I'd rather play a bit of an empty, fun game. The gameplay is definitely fun. But the fact that it's... Um, I'd rather play the fun game than a bit of a boring game full of stuff that it's just kind of boring um but anyway um with anthem it's fun but it's a bit empty and the fact that they've already released a development plan i think there's stuff coming out in march and may 
and stuff like that. But it's um, it. I don't think it deserves the scorn it's got, but I can understand where it's coming from, especially from the company that's publishing it and the people who made it. The thing is, with Anthem, I've kind of I kind of treat it as um a destiny um well not rival but kind of in that looter shooter thing and you can kind of see the bio where um little nods to other games like you get you kind of do get a mass effecty feel at times and fort tarsus has been kind of uh the hub um the tower hub thing has been criticized quite a bit for being a bit lifeless but yeah you that, that is that is pure bio where that that's proper normandy um at um for for Mass Effect, you can see that, and some of the characters are a bit bland. Some of them are quite good. Some of them are just annoying. Which, to be fair, is is always a trait in one of the, the Bioware games. But yeah, you can kind of see what Bioware were trying to do. But the fact that they hyped it up so much with, I mean, I think Neil put it in in our WhatsApp group comparing it to the E three reveal trailer, and it is it is disappointing in that regard. You can't you can't swap gear whilst you're out on the on a mission or whatever. Um, the, there is a bit of like it's not it's a bit lifeless in patches and um, yeah it's it's a game that has endless potential but they've released it in such a bad state that it probably it'll need a division one style revival um so yeah it, it i think it's over it's over promised and under delivered but it's got endless potential and i i'm having the main thing about a game for me is that it's fun and it's definitely fun but it's a bit empty so if you as forgiving as me probably check it out when it's cheaper but i think it has potential but i don't think it'll survive the bad press it's got i waffled a lot there carl <laughs> Uh, no knowing kind of a lot of the things that i've heard it, it is very mixed um kind of reactions you, you've got some people that are just focusing on the negatives on that it's you know it's it's dull and it's empty and it's a destiny clone etc etc but then at the same time you have some people you know that are playing it and, and enjoying it and, and they're willing to admit yeah it is this it is that but i'm still enjoying it with my friends and you know i like this kind of game and you know i think that's that's a fair point too um i mean it, it does come down to your preference as you said i played the beta and i think funny enough i was i was out with a friend the night before i i first downloaded it and we were talking about it and he basically said i know exactly what it'll be it'll be a destiny clone but with Mass Effect combat, and Mass Effect combat isn't as good as Destiny combat, so therefore it's not going to be as good a game. And when I played it, that straight away is coming through my mind. I was like, oh my god, he's right. This is like Mass Effect combat. Like I just I was playing through and you know wandering around kind of the area, and like half the stuff was locked out because it was the beta. So that that's fair enough. But then you leave the air, and it felt like I took a while to get into like a kind of an actual game phase and then you know I'm, I'm traveling around and i'm just going from like mob killing a mob killing another mob then suddenly i have to play this game a hot and cold to find like this item and we move on to another area and i was like is this the game and like again i haven't played the full game so you know my opinion you, it counts for very little because i haven't played the full game but i you know look certain reviews i've read and videos i've watched you know, the people that are hypercritical seem to be saying that is the whole game is kind of just basically killing mobs and, and playing hot and cold. Um, you know, which is, is a little dull. I just feel like Destiny had a little bit more to it than that. 
Um, I mean, for me as well, even if Anthem was really, really good, I'm not sure I would have, like if it was getting great views, you know, I might have been a little more tempted, but at the same time, I'm not sure I would have played it because simply put, I mean, as you said earlier, you know, I'm I'm, like yourself, I'm a fan of Destiny 1. I, I enjoyed Destiny 2 as well. And like I found after Destiny 1, you know, after kind of a couple of expansions in, my friends and I jumped off and then the Division came out and we played the Division but the division didn't last nearly as long. No, straight away, I'm going to say it's not as good a game, firstly. But secondly, I think it was also something to do with the fact that we were just sort of burned out on that kind of game. And the gap from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2 kind of was a longer gap that then we, we could get back into it. And I think it's kind of, it still feels too soon since Destiny 2 to me to, to be jumping into another one of those games. I think at this stage, if I'm to ever get into one again, It'll probably be Destiny 3 that I'd, I'd give a try, uh, especially now that, that Bungie are back out on their own. Um, but, I, I mean, it, it's just like what you can say about Anthem, what I gather in, in comparison to Fallout 76, he had another one of these kind of games that didn't come out that long ago. Anthem's competent, you know, it's solid. It's not broken. I'm sure there are some some things that need fixing in that, but from what I gather, but largely it, it seems a lot more competent. And I think you have to at least give uh, Bioware credit for that, that that they've not just put out a broken game and said we'll fix it later. They may have the game might be a bit of a shell, but a lot of those games are shells. I mean, the 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 division was a shell when it came out. Got better here as time went on. Similarly, Destiny, obviously something I've more experience with, also was quite a bit of a shell when it first came out again it got better as time gone out gone on um i do worry about anthem staying power somewhat in the fact that it doesn't have a pvp mode i mean that seemed like a strange decision to me mm. i know bioware have little to no experience with pvp i suppose they did do some uh some mmos in the past so obviously that'd have pvp but i mean i, I don't expect a competitive multiplayer like in destiny because I don't think EA want that either, because that's something going more head-to-head with Battlefield and Apex Legends, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto how strange it was that they decided to stealth release that in the same month as Anthem. But, uh, you know, even something like The Division's kind of a more MMO-type PvP, where you go in a certain area and you can fight people, even something like that would have made sense for Anthem. I'm, I'm really surprised... There, there wasn't anything like that. I mean, obviously, you haven't played more of it. You, you can probably shed more light on it. I mean, is it that the weapons are too batshit crazy to be balanced for PvP? Or, or what exactly do you think might be the reasoning behind that? Yeah, in terms of PvP, it's a tough one, um, really, because um, obviously you've got the four javelins, and they've all got huge different abilities and... <laughs> It's a weird one. The Colossus, who's obviously the tank character, is pretty much immortal. So I'm not sure how you could balance that with with PvP. But um, I'm not sure. I think the division ended up adi- having uh, adding um, PvP and um, like proper PvP, not the Dark Zone crap. Um, so the, I mean, there is a way of balancing it. But I'm suppose what you could do is just give everyone a, a blank javelin then have weapons on the floor and stuff like that. And I think it, I think he could work it out, but I think, um, what 
you'd probably see more from it is the Mass Effect multiplayer where it's kind of like hard mode. Uh, I, well, I suppose all the game is pretty much hard mode, which is a bit a bit of a um, weird one. But um, yeah, it is, it is a weird one because all these games seemingly have PvP apart from the Division. Um, so yeah, it's, it is a weird one. It is a weird one. I think, I think Anthem struck problems... Um, stems from the lack of actual content uh, and uh, as much as i said it has fun gameplay the lack of replayability stuff i mean destiny one even the vanilla version it had a a decent amount of strikes and stuff like that on this on this one i think there's only three strongholds at the moment i think they're going to add more soon but to have only three missions and then replayable contracts and stuff like that it seemed it just seems I, I don't know what they've been doing <laughs> for all this time in, in creating development. I mean, I'm not I'm not a game developer by any stretch of the imagination, but you'd expect them a, a games company um, that wants a game to succeed would probably delay it. But I suppose with the pressures of EA and I think this game probably been developed and hyped up for ages now. Um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just a tough one. I think they needed to get it out, and obviously, um, what did they do with uh, Apex? They kind of released Apex Legends at the same time, possibly to take the brunt of it, I suppose. But yeah, the fact that it's with the division and in the same few weeks spell, it's just a weird one. It can't. I think it kind of hung it out to dry. But yeah, I think it was never it was never going to succeed the way it's been released. But as I said earlier, endless potential, endless potential. But I think we'll probably have to wait maybe even a year to see that potential even partially um taken up upon it's just a kind of it's fun but disappointing it's kind of weird how i'm wording this but it's a fun game but a bit of a soulless game no i can certainly understand where where you're coming from with that um i mean it certainly is the case with these games like particularly with the destiny games it was kind of like the destiny games went from solid sevens to great nines with kind of their first both of them with with their kind of first large-scale expansion kind of brought them from that seven to that nine almost in, in terms of people's opinions um or the majority of people's opinions anyway so i mean possibly quite possibly i'm sure they are holding some stuff back so we'll see kind of if if anthem grows as time goes on but it'll be just you'd wonder if it, it might miss the boat because these games as a service is, are becoming quite saturated as, as we talked about earlier. Um, so I suppose time will tell on that one, but it, it did seem a strange decision though, as you touched on there with apex legends being rolled out. I, I never really thought of it the, the way you put it there. It, it kind of, I never really thought of that. Maybe that was EA's idea. Well, like, look, we've got this multiplayer game. If you want to play competitive multiplayer, play that. If you want to play kind of a, MMO light game as a service play Anthem I suppose that kind of makes sense but it, it still felt almost with Apex like it was like Respawn were getting screwed again that it almost felt similar to uh, Titanfall 2 coming out with Battlefield mm. 1 situation which was a bizarre move at the time and you know it, it, it seems like they've done somewhat similar again but surprisingly despite that handicap apex legends as as we discussed earlier in the news is is doing brilliantly with with 50 million players already so it seems despite the obstacle that its own company seems to put in its own way it's it's succeeding despite them so 
I mean, um, that's certainly a win for for uh, respawn there. But um, nonetheless, it it seems that at the same time, Anthem, which was the bigger game that the AAA title seems to be maybe the one that's suffering for it, which, you know, you could argue that Apex Legends is, is taking some of its player base because no matter what about, you know, the discussion that one's a battle royale, the other's a game as a service, and their player bases aren't going to have a complete crossover. There is going to be some crossover, you know, both of us have played battle royale games and played games as a service games, and you know we were clearly not in the minority there, so I think that there has to be some cannibalism of of an audience there or a prospective audience. So it, it does seem a, a strange decision by EA, but you know whatever about EA obviously is responsible for those two games, but they're not responsible for all the other games that that came out this month. And it, it just seems like there was a saturation of releases in February. And, you know, it's it's funny, people are going to say, well, I mean, you were excited about this saturation three months ago, and now you're you're condemning it. But, you know, you, you can, you're going to re- read the tea leaves so much. And it, it just seems like it's, it wouldn't mind if it was a saturation of, of great games, but it, it seems to be somewhat of a saturation of, okay games some poor and some i suppose somewhat good and like apex legends i'd i'd respect it as a good game but i mean like outside anthem you you also had um crackdown 3 you know a, a game that i know both of us have kind of been excited about in the past and i mean it do, done terribly I mean, I, I I must check now the the latest Metacritic for Crackdown Three, but I know it was pretty pretty damn low last I checked. Um, mm. Crackdown Three, sixty percent. Oh God, that's pretty. I mean, dangerous. that's just like I know some people some people might see a movie that has a sixty percent on Metacritic Meta Metascore and say like that's that's that was a good movie. I really like that. But I think with video games, considering the saturation and the time you have to invest in them and that, I think these days, like people are starting to say it's the death of the 7 out of 10, where people don't have time to play these 7 out of 10 games. So let alone a game that's a 6 out of 10. I mean, it's just, it's just total me. It just screams mediocrity. Um, I mean, I've watched, Crackdown 3, as I said, was a game I was particular. It was probably the game I was most looking forward to last month. And then I haven't got, I will play it eventually. I still mean to play it, but I haven't yet because the the reviews just entirely put me off because, I mean, people were saying that it's a game that feels like it was made for 2007 when the original Crackdown came out. Like it's that dated. It's not really added anything to Crackdown. And I love the Crackdown formula. But I think as, as Jim Sterling pointed out in his impressions video, Saints Row 4 already came out a couple of years ago and did the crackdown formula better than crackdown had ever done it and it did i mean there's a brilliant kind of there's a lot of humor to that game and it was it was so much fun so i think like crackdown 3 had to go and do so much more to to kind of oust centro 4 from from having taken its spot and just what i gather it just hasn't done that i mean the, the score speaks for itself i mean did did you get to give it a go yet guy or similarly did the kind of the reviews put you off 
yeah, I just couldn't be asked. <laughs> to be honest, um, yeah, it came out to not even a bad rep. It was just almost nothing. No one mentioned it at all. Um, I mean, I didn't really look out for the reviews on it and stuff. But I mean, if a game's obviously been delayed and um, criticised for that long in, in development, and uh, obviously. There was there was doubts it was actually going to ever come out, and then it comes out to be very meh. Um, being polite, it's just it just didn't really attract me. And even even though it got Game Pass, I I could play it right now. Uh, for free, well not free, but for for whatever it is seven quid a month or whatever it is, it's um. It doesn't really speak volume, but as you as you mentioned, one of the criticisms is that it's meant to be pretty much a, a last gen game on this gen, and as we've mentioned on many shows, this this gen's coming to an end. So, for uh, for my sake, you just got to hope this is the last bad Xbox exclusive for for uh, this gen. Um, but yeah, if if you if you kind of screwed off making a good game and then just hiring in Terry Crews to try and make, try and get some. Um, purchases that that's not going to cut it these days um people aren't that stupid they'll, they'll wait for impressions and stuff like that it's just uh not going to work but um probably one of the um under not underlying but one of the uh stranger releases was far cry 5.5 um new new dawn i think it's called and um again that's kind of came out to a bit of meh but we've talked about oversaturation and, and stuff like that throughout throughout this part of the show and I mean, is there a more, is there a more, is there a different franchise in the world that needs a, I'm going to say an Assassin's Creed style revamp than Far Cry? Because you had the highs of Far Cry 3, which you could probably compare to Assassin's Creed 2. 4 was decent, 4 was really good, and then everything since then has been fairly shit. And it's releasing half a game is not going to fix that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've enjoyed the the Far Cry series here and there. I loved Far Cry Three as as same as yourself, and I mean, but beyond then, is it's just kind of been repeating the same. Like Far Cry Three was an evolution on Far Cry Two. I mean, Far Cry Two was was open world, and um, but somewhat limited for, for the time and Far Cry 3 was a clear evolution and, and kind of built on the promise that Far Cry 2 shown but then since then it's, it's been largely rinse and repeat I mean Far Cry 4 was just trying to be Far Cry 3 again and Far Cry 5 is trying to be Far Cry 3 again and I mean it, it just gets a little dull and the gameplay doesn't really evolve much you're just going around taking over these these bases and just unveiling the map and it's it just it just gets a bit tiresome and you know i've liked for when far cry has taken some steps away from that i mean like far cry blood dragon was brilliant you know this this kind of 80s action movie inspired smaller title and it was really enjoyable and like far cry primal is probably the one that's caught my interest the most in recent years i, I have it i haven't gone around to playing it yet but the idea of going back to, to kind of prehistoric times and, and playing in a Far Cry world seemed quite fun, especially considering how much the games revolve around animals and, and, you know, the wilderness and such. So, but I mean, it just seems, but Far Cry New Dawn, you know, I would have 
you know, okay, I don't like the idea of saturation and of kind of games thinking they have to bring out a new game every year. But whatever about it, if you're going to bring out a follow-up to Far Cry 5, don't make it just Far Cry 5 again. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, New Dawn, it's supposed to be like post-apocalyptic. or People are like, they they barely noticed that it's been a nuclear apocalypse. Uh, I've gathered if some people, characters in games, weren't mentioning it, you'd probably forget that there was a nuclear apocalypse. It's not different enough from Far Cry 5 you know, to, to get people back in on it, unless you're a real hardcore Far Cry fan that kind of 100% each of them, and I'm, I'm sure there are some out there, but I, I imagine it's a very niche audience. Um, I mean, like, Far Cry New Dawn, it, it's, it's done okay. I mean, low scores in the low 70s. Clearly, that's a, a big improvement over Crackdown, as we just discussed. But as I said... You know, this is the we're getting towards the death of the seven. That so many games and so little time that most people, a lot of people, would be looking for a game to have an eighty plus for it to be worth their time. And and you can you can kind of understand that because you know we are so limited in in terms of time, and it, it just seems such a a lazy move by Ubisoft to just make you know. I mean, you said you said Far Cry 5.5. I'd probably go as far as Far Cry 5.1. I mean, I always joke that uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood mm. are 2.1 and 2.2. And I completed, and de- at least with Revelations, really enjoyed it. Brotherhood ended up being a little bit of a slog. But, I mean, you know... Ubisoft just realized it needs to move away from that. That's why it took away with, uh, at least with Assassin's Creed, it took took some time with, with Assassin's Creed and gave, took a year off and, and came out with Odyssey, and, or sorry, with uh, Origins and then later with Odyssey. And although Odyssey and Origins share kind of uh, some aspects and an engine and that, they're, they're different. You know, one of them largely focuses on being an RPG. The other one largely focuses on being an open world experience. I mean, and although, you know, I've discussed in the past, kind of, I think maybe those games were a little too big. I still actually haven't finished Odyssey because it's so big. 110 hours or so into it, though. Maybe even 120 at this point. But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, I, I hope with Far Cry, maybe they take, as you suggested, that that could be what's needed, that they, they take that step to say, well, how about we reboot the series? Or how about we look at you know, something like Blood Dragon and say, what can we do with something on those lines again? Where can we take the Far Cry series? Because I, I really think that's what, what we need to see. I mean, if if the next, if Far Cry 6 and it's like, oh my God, you're this, he, God, this unlikely hero in this war-torn African country. Actually, that's pretty much Far Cry 2 I'm after describing there. So they've already done it. They've completely already done it. So I don't know where they're going to do go, but I, I really hope it's something new and different because I, I like the idea of Far Cry. Like I, I like that. I think it's a solid series. I, I just think they need to they need to reinvent it somewhat, or, or else it's just going to continue to grow stale. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what the case is with with five. Um, the fact that they've had to make New Dawn kind of speaks volumes about it as well. But uh, I, I I agree with you. I do like Far Cry, uh, but I think it does need to take a break and try and recapture some of the magic or add something different to it. Cause I mean, you go from pretty much a jungle island of three 
to the Himalaya to Himalayas or mountain mountains in, in four and now it's just America. I mean most games are set in America. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a bit weird that one. Um but we're nearly running out of time. We'll finish uh or we've well, got one more thing and then we'll come on to what we've been playing recently. But um I mean the division we kinda of mentioned one with the anthem bit but two's out next week um i as i mentioned i played the beta it was a bit boring um it was kind of just division but in a different setting uh, a couple of different skills but it, it didn't really change anything up to me but you wouldn't really expect that um but i think you've said in said to, today and in the past that you kind of played it for a bit but didn't come back to it um will you be picking this up Honestly, no. I mean, I didn't even bother with the, the beta. I mean, someone told me it was on and I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll, and I was like, no. I mean, I just, I mean, the Division 1 for me, I, I think I played about 50 hours, which, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a, a lot of a game. You know, nothing compared to, to Destiny, but, you know, it's, it's still a significant amount of time to play. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying I had no, but like the story and that seemed kind of pointless, but I definitely had a, a few laughs messing around with friends in the dark zone, but I mean, it just, it got old really quick. And from what I've seen of the division two, it, it doesn't seem like a massive step up from the first division. I mean, certainly if, if, um, kind of reviews were ridiculously good. And if I found myself with some free time, I might be somewhat tempted to, to give it a try but for for now i mean I, I just as i said if if i didn't try the beta i'm unlikely to to, to try the the main game anytime soon yeah yeah that's probably the way i feel about it. i mean i i played the beta did a, a decent amount of it but i didn't finish all the beta content which is not really a good sign uh yeah yeah i mean i'll, I'll be getting it i'll be playing it because my mate's getting it for us but um, it's probably not one I'll stick with. But, I mean, the fortunate thing for it is, I suppose, that um, we're, we're kind of coming onto that gaming lull, I suppose. Or, I mean, especially on for an Xbox gamer myself, I think, what, PS4 has days gone and stuff coming out, whereas I'm kind of stuck doing now. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, be interesting to see what comes out, but we might, might be waiting for E3 territory to see what comes out after the, the division, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, we'll finish up um, with what we've been playing. Um, Carl, what have you been doing? If, if you've been, if you've had time to game. Um, yeah, I've 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 not really gamed that much lately, but I, I definitely dabbled. I'm I'm still plugging away at my. I think I, I think I pretty much mentioned it on the last show as well. So I'll say how long I've been at it, but and how little I've played it. But still plugging away at my kind of replay of Ark: Twilight of the Spirits, the the PlayStation Two classic on my PS4. I also um. Another RPG I, I gave a try recently was um, Cosmic Star Heroine, which was it's kind of like a level-based 2D kind of 16-bit RPG, kind of like a inspired by kind of the SNES era of of uh, Japanese RPGs. Uh, I played that for a couple hours. It's quite good. I can see why I got the hype it got. Um, definitely an enjoyable, and it, and it seems to be quite a short game if you like those kind of games. Um, outside that largely just kind of you know plugging away at the odds um kind of multiplayer game fifa um but been playing bits of that and uh smash bros of course and always when the 
with a friend we we always pull that out so um but but nothing i haven't gone into anything new as yet um i'm sure i probably will as the the uh time comes i think that the resistance to picking up resident evil 2 is <laughs> is wearing quite thin so I, I think i'll probably pick that up soon and and get, get into that i mean because it's it's not that long either it's like the old game probably about 20 hours long so and that'll probably be uh the, the next thing I'll, I'll pick up uh what about yourself Craig? Just before that, people have modded in Thomas the Tank Engine into Resident Evil 2, so that might break you a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that earlier, yeah. actually, when I was doing the news. Uh, oh dear. But for me, um, yeah, I've been, I've been playing Anthem, um, as we mentioned in the pod, um, but when I'm not on Anthem, uh, well, yesterday I made the uh, bad or brilliant, bad or brilliant decision to start Game of Thrones again, which obviously isn't gaming, but that will now consume me. But um, I've also got Witcher still on in the background. I, I'm nearly, I've done one DLC. I'm, I'm, I think I'm somewhat near the end of the second DLC, or the big DLC, uh, Blood and Wine. Um, so yeah, the dream for the Witcher pod continues, Carl. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. But uh, I think Game of Thrones will take over my my spare time um whilst watching that so that may well I'm, i've almost finished get season one in pretty much a day and a bit so yeah good times um so yeah that's what i've been playing um and pretty much that's the podcast i mean we'll hopefully have be more regular from now on uh if hopefully some more news will break for us as i mentioned star wars gets released in april maybe we can Fine. When there's a news week, we'll we'll have a pod. That's what we'll say. Um, but we'll finish up there, Carl. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.